you can experience so many disease states in the mouth and have absolutely no awareness. Doesn't hurt, you know? That slow brewing infection around your root canal, the inflammation that's happening under your gum lines and gum disease, there's no pain, you know? Um, granted, your dentist might notice or you might notice if you floss or they probe at your gums and it bleeds. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. What a good show we have. I say it every week, but I mean it every week. And I'm so excited to bring this information. There's like a never-ending universe of information that I want to bring. And it comes from the physical aspect, psychosomatic, right, spiritual stuff, all of which is making you a more holistic, healed version of yourself, right? We can't put a magnifying glass to one single one. We need to integrate all of it. It's an integral approach into who we are. Why? Because we're holistic. We're not just body. So uh, I want to talk, though, on the Knowledge Bomb about a physical issue that a lot of you have been DMing me about for some reason lately. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but bloating. So many people are bloated, men and women. So many people have this as their number one manifestation of gut issues. So we're going to talk about bloating. I'm going to give you all the reasons why people bloat, and I'm gonna give you some of the best remedies that I used to give people when I sat down with my white coat, buttoned up to the top, right in practice for all of my patients. This is gonna be really good. If you're bloated, you need to listen. If you ever get bloated, you need to listen. If someone you know is constantly bloated, send this to them, they need to listen. Also, amazing guest we have, Dr. Kelly Blodgett. If you uh, follow him on Instagram, you know of his work. This is one of the most biologically expansive dentists out there. He follows dentistry in the most holistic way. He brings dentistry to the surface. He's got a lot to say about a lot, about a lot of the dental products we're using, about the dental procedures that are out there. I'm really excited to talk uh, with him. It's been quite a while that we've been knowing each other, but finally he's sitting here and just the best energy. What a nice guy. Like he's doing it for you all, for the people, and it's coming from his heart and you can feel his heart-centric approach. So let's get into this show. I got a lot to say about a lot today. Uh, before we do, let me just say a few words from our awesome sponsors that make this show happen. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and they're quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. 
That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. How many times have you or someone you know said that they're bloated? We all have felt that uncomfortable pressure in our stomachs as if something is pushing from the inside out, right? You're, sometimes you're not hungry or you feel kind of yucky overall. You may have some heartburn. You definitely are gassy. You don't feel energetic. You don't feel energized. And certainly you just don't feel like yourself overall. But the thing is, this is common. According to the Cleveland Clinic, between 10 to 25% of people out there, otherwise healthy, complain of occasional abdominal bloating. And as many as 75% describe their symptoms as moderate to severe. And about 10% say they experience it regularly. Now, if you've been diagnosed with IBS, you have it as much as 90% of the time. So why the bloating? What's the cause of abdominal discomfort? Now, it's rare that bloating is a sign of a serious disease, like an obstruction or cancer. But when you are bloated, it's something to really pay attention to, especially if it's happening over and over and over. It's important to first understand what the heck's going on. Bloating is gas in the abdomen. When we have a mix of the air we swallow and a mix of bacterial fermentation, we get bloating. And if your digestive tract ain't moving, the gas in there is not either. And then you manifest symptoms and you get uncomfortable. You feel the pressure. You have some gas that's stuck in there but then finally moves and you're burping or you're passing gas or you get some heartburn and you just don't feel good. So what are some of the causes of bloating? I just mentioned swallowing air, major cause. Stress, huge cause, especially for IBS and SIBO. Low stomach acid, another cause for SIBO. A lot of you menstruating get bloated, right? And this is very common. You say, hey, Dr. G, I'm going through my period now and I have some really bad bloating. 
This is likely due to hormones like estrogen and water retention. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Constipation, another huge cause of bloating, overeating, especially not mindfully eating. Poor diet, of course, and disconnected to how food affects you. So we're gonna talk about some of the causes of bloating when it comes to food. So rich, fatty foods are a big issue for a lot of people. Uh, they cause bloating because they're very slow to digest. Fat is the macronutrient that takes the longest to break down. So for a lot of us, we're sensitive to it and we get bloated very easily. What about cruciferous vegetables? Kale, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, bok choy, right? Garlic, onions. Any of you hearing these foods and touching your stomach and going, no, I can't eat those? Well, it's probably because of the sulfur content. These are sulfur-rich foods, which are great for detoxification, not great for bloating. So a lot of you are intolerant to, the, to those foods, as am I, so I really avoid those as much as possible, unfortunately, as much as I try. What else causes bloating? Too much fiber. If you're eating too much fiber or you're introducing fiber too fast, you're going to inevitably get bloated. And why is because your bacteria of your gut are not acclimating and adapting to the increase in fiber. So you have to go really slow, about five grams, take it easy, and start building on it. Beans, legumes, fiber-rich foods, uh, we know that. I remember singing the song, beans are good for your heart when I was young. Uh, and that's what happens. Beans, legumes, they're notorious. Again, if you're eating these foods, eat them in small amounts and slowly introduce them over time. Certain fruits, actually. Apples and pears, definitely known to bloat people who have a very sensitive stomach, so be aware of how these foods affect you. Dairy, big, big, big cause of bloating, huge actually. 68% of the world is lactose intolerant, right? If you are African-American or Asian consuming dairy, you have 75% chance that you're lactose intolerant. So maybe moving away from dairy or reducing it exponentially. We eat too much dairy as it is. Really removing it or moving away is gonna make a big change if you're bloated, if you're suffering from any of these issues and still eating dairy. Keep that as one of the main things you wanna watch out for. What are some of the habits that lead to bloating? Overeating. We as Americans eat too much and do not eat mindfully. And for that reason, our digestive signals are lagging behind our logical wants when we eat. We eat fast and we end up eating too much and we're not eating mindfully. We gotta eat mindfully. Relax the nervous system, be safe, feel safe, so your enteric nervous system in the gut is shooting out acetylcholine and giving you the signals to your intestines to start moving, getting more blood, shooting out the chemicals to break down and absorb food. This is only if you're feeling safe and eating mindfully. Making sure you're chewing your food, big one. If you're bloated, ask yourself, am I even chewing my food? If you're talking and eating and forgetting to chew, you're swallowing air and putting more of the burden on your stomach. Chew your food, pulverize it, mush it up, then swallow it. What are some of the other habits leading to bloating? Mouth breathing. Huge reason why we are bloated. One of the main ways we are bringing in air to our digestive tract is by mouth breathing. And you may not notice it, but you may be doing it all day every single day. Are you waking up burpee, passing gas, feeling bloated in the morning? You probably were mouth breathing through the night. Snacking, big one that we don't even think about for bloating. Snacking throughout meals is a surefire way to stay bloated. Why? It comes to the migrating motor complex. This is the housekeeper of our small intestine that propels food down the digestive tract. It helps clean you out. But 
It's activated every three to four hours and only after a food fasted state. So snacking is a surefire way to disrupt this mechanism. And when you disrupt it, you're promoting the growth of bacteria in the small intestine. And when you promote the growth of bacteria in your small intestine, you're increasing fermentation, gas, and bloating. We call it SIBO. I call it a surefire way to get bloated. Also, go on a walk after meals, a light walk, but go on a walk. It's been shown to help stimulate digestion, moving blood, moving lymph, and creating a parasympathetic state. What else? What are some food remedies that really help with bloating? Some of my favorite foods to combat bloating, foods like papaya, avocado, lemons, ripened bananas, watermelon for some, cucumbers. One thing we need to pay attention to are herbs. Herbs are a major key in helping with bloating. There is a class of herbs called carminative herbs, and they are gas-relieving herbs. So they either prevent gas from building up or help with the expulsion of gas ginger, turmeric, rosemary, peppermint, cloves, sage, thyme, fennel. You ever go to an Indian restaurant, you walk out, there's fennel there? That's because they're helping move gas and bloating. Lemon balm, chamomile, cumin, coriander, very important to utilize all of these carminative herbs. Herbal teas, right? They have gas and bloating teas, peppermint, fennel as a basis, and then other carminative herbs that are really helpful. Avoid chewing gum and sucking candies. These are going to bring in air to your system and keep you bloated. You may want to follow a low FODMAP diet for the short term. Low FODMAP means fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. These are short-chain carbohydrates or sugars that the bacteria in your small intestine, if they are there, love. And they'll eat them up, they'll ferment them, you'll get bloated. So a low FODMAP diet is a really good short-term move if you have bloating, but you got to get to the root of the SIBO, right? SIBO can be due to stress, psychosomatic, low stomach acid, really important. I'll talk about it a little bit later. Mouth tape, really, really important. So make sure you're taping your mouth if you're breathing through your mouth during the day and when you're sleeping. Movement, going for a walk, exercising, very important, especially if constipation is playing the role in your bloating. So making sure you're drinking water, moving. Use a squatty potty for the Lord's sake. It's going to help you because what happens is your sigmoid colon is going to be in the right place where we evolutionarily know that we're going to defecate and it's opening up the space so you're actually having a complete voidance and not incomplete voiding. Really important if you're constipated. Fiber, it's soluble and insoluble. Again, constipation, a huge, huge cause of bloating. Putting their legs up on the wall, maybe a blanket under your back, is really helpful. It's a helpful pose, right, to really get blood flowing and getting blood to the gut to start moving it. Also, look up some yoga poses that help stimulate the abdominal cavity for bloating. For some people, even drinking kombucha is really helpful. Some I say don't drink carbonated drinks, it's gonna make you more bloated. I know if I'm bloated, I feel like gas is stuck. If I drink kombucha, I'll start burping. Go back to that kombucha review we had. I was burping left and right, and that's because I had some bloating. And the kombucha helped liberate all of those gases. Interesting, another thing I found is, and what a lot of people aren't talking about, is actually the importance of abdominal tone, right? There's an increase in bloating in those with poor abdominal tone. And some theorize it's in large part due to the, just a weak overall abdominal wall. And my experience is not always the case, but it's worth knowing. Uh, so maybe do some sit-ups. Now, if you bloat, especially on your period, 
This is because estrogen is elevated and you're retaining fluid. So it's important to balance that estrogen. I mentioned cruciferous vegetables. If you can tolerate those, increase those in your diet. Bring in broccoli sprouts to help metabolize and break down those carcinogenic forms of estrogen and just balance your overall estrogen. You also want to make sure you're having B vitamin rich foods or supplementing B vitamins. And for sure, magnesium. So important for estrogen detoxification. You can take in magnesium orally and also complement it with an Epsom salt bath. These are ways that are gonna help balance your estrogen and get to the upstream cause of fluid retention, which is causing you bloating. Some supplements I love, there's bloat formulas out there. Gaia has a nice herbal formula. Go on SwellScore, you're gonna find some really good herb formulas for bloating, some of my favorite ones that I handpicked. Homeopathics, uh, a lot of you, I don't talk much about homeopathics, I've seen them work. Uh, Lycopodium, Carbo Vegetalis, uh, Nux Vomica, Arsenicum. Read on your own the character of these homeopathics for bloating and see which one describes your particular bloat. Probiotics absolutely can help. I love Thrive and Megaspore. You can find those on SwellScore again. Peppermint capsules, amazing for bloating and passing gas. And I just mentioned Epsom salt baths, really good. And lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't say the psychosomatic component to bloating. Uh, when you think about that part of the body, there's two major emotions that live in the gut area. Usually when I'm working with people and they say, I'm really sad, and they touch their stomach, and I go, where? And they go, right here in my stomach. It's usually not sadness. Underlying that sadness is usually fear, pure fear, or anger. So if you are driven by these emotions subconsciously, and there's a psychosomatic component, especially if you've been diagnosed with IBS, which there is no medication or supplement for, we need to start looking at what the role of emotions are doing to drive that tension in the digestive system, which is leading to poor movement of the gut, which is affecting our nervous system, which is reciprocating the sympathetic response and tone in our gut. So fear and anger, go do an emotional release because it's gonna help move that energy. So at the very least, the psychosomatic component can be liberated and addressed. There you go. A lot of us are bloated. If it's one thing that I do suffer with, it's bloating. I have a very sensitive stomach. I was diagnosed with IBS in 2007. And some of the things that have really helped me, I just put out here to all of you. So try it out. I feel you on the bloating. Uh, it's not the end of the world. There's a lot we can do. Check out this show. And if you know someone who needs help with the bloating, give them this information. Let's get to Kelly Blodgett. I can't wait to talk to him. He's like one of the most inspirational dentists that I've come across. He's so hard centric, heart-driven in his work. We're gonna talk about everything. Mercury, we're gonna talk about cavities, we're gonna talk about fillings, we're gonna talk about implants. Everything, everything. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience to prove it's not only delicious, but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research-based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee 
apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication is my favorite is their dedication to purity and safety their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides toxins and harmful mycotoxins those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health causing issues like liver and kidney damage digestive problems brain fog and fatigue purity coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee and the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roasts with sweet fruity notes and their dark roasts with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open that I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights and these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. You know how much I love dentistry. You know, I was in school to be a dentist. I got a deep appreciation for oral health and how it connects to the body. Now I got Dr. Kelly Blodgett on the show. Man, he's out of Portland, and what he's doing in his practice is how all dental practices should be run. He takes a biological, holistic approach into healing the overall body by focusing on the mouth and seeing the downstream effects. So what you're doing, Kelly, is amazing. Thank you. Uh, I found out from our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Tyler, Functional Foods, uh, and I met you at one of his parties, and I was like, this is how dentists should be practicing right now. And I follow your stuff, I see the results, I see the like x-ray pictures you have, I'm, I was blown away. And it's funny because at the same time, my brother, we didn't communicate about you, and he wanted to come see you from Miami, and oh, he's, like, he's like, do you know this doctor? I go, I just <laughs> met him, I go, he's great. But um, yeah, man, welcome to the show. 
thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just, I know we've been talking about this for like a year to get yeah. down here, and, um, and here we are. Finally so here. So stoked to be here. I'm going to kick it off with a question that a lot of us have wondered about. There was a whole uh, documentary out that was up for a little bit and not up. Yes. Really quick. Yes. Are root canals a root cause of so many diseases outside of the mouth? My experience has been yes. The short answer to that is yes. I loved that documentary film, Root Cause. I think it really shone a light on something that is pretty much pretty well ignored in the dental and medical sphere. Um, and, and, you know, certainly there are people that can have root canals done in teeth, at least is what I've seen, where their overall health balance is such that it may not impact them at all, right? They might live the rest of their life and, and do just fine with that. Unfortunately, there's the other group of people who experience it, and whether it's that day they notice a significant shift in their health that never improves, or if it's you know later, maybe a year or many years. And I think it's worth paying close attention to what people are sharing about what they observe and feel. Uh, that is a huge part of my practice, which I know is it's very different from the traditional dental approach. Like the amount of time that we reserve to connect human to human well before we ever get into a dental scenario. I mean, we have a nice, a couple of nice rooms kind of like this where, where that's where we talk with people the first time they come in. We want to understand their story and their life experience. And it's really been through those connections and listening that, you know, I started seeing the light about this a handful of years ago. I mean, watching people, I'll never forget one woman in particular who called our office and said, look, I've had these two root canals. My health has gone downhill ever since. I am convinced that they're impacting my health in a negative way. Would Dr. Blodgett take the teeth out? And my front office person at the time who'd been in dentistry for over 40 years was like, um, let me check with him, you know? And her thought was, well, I know you take teeth out and you do a great job of that, but if there's nothing wrong, you know, by traditional standards, how do we justify that? And so I've come to appreciate that if somebody tells me, I know, I mean, in my own observation of my health or my life's timeline of health, this is what, where I saw the shift. Well, then I'm open to that provided they understand the pros and the cons and, and they consent to that. And in her case specifically, we did take those teeth out. When she came back two weeks later for her post-operative visit, her, the energy that she was, uh, came back with was unreal, just to see how vibrant she had become. Um, and she even made a, a joke, which I'll never forget, about how like, my husband's pretty upset I did this. And we're like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I've got so much energy now, I'm just driving him crazy. Yeah. And I thought, like, wow, I mean, that's, that's really a huge impact in her life. And it was really influential to me as a practitioner I've shared that story with the team members that have joined me over the years. And, and, and then, of course, they end up seeing it them, themselves through their yeah. own eyes. Like, yeah. whoa, like that person came in here struggling. And a few weeks or a year later or whatever the timeline is between which we see people, we see that lives just shifted incredibly. Mm. So it's, it's not every person, right? But the vast majority. Um, and, of course, most of the people that find our practice have had to struggle through a lot of their own research, going to a multitude of providers where they're telling them, look, ever since I had, you name it, done, you know, the root canal, or since I had my wisdom teeth taken out, or since I had my 
these mercury fillings placed in my mouth, let's say, or it could be a titanium implant, or it could be a, you know, a mixture of these things. Something kind of tips them out of balance of health. Mm. And, and it's just the weirdest thing, because it's as though whatever we do here, for the most part, um, it just gets ignored. Like, well, you know, it's, so it's mercury, right? What's the big deal? I mean, if your light bulb came out of the ceiling and crashed on the floor, it'd be a big whoop. And that might be only a hundredth of the mercury in the one filling, right? Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense uh, from a clinical standpoint, but socially, that's how we treat it. Yeah. You know, we've been doing it for years. It seems fine. You know, you've got groups like the American Dental Association, American Academy of Endodontics that just, you know, ignore that the people who are suffering and reporting it, you know, we just discount them because yeah. we've got so many people over here that seem to do fine. Yeah. But that percentage, whatever it might be, of folks that are suffering, I feel like they deserve to be heard and acknowledged. And if removing those teeth or those fillings or those that infection is part of their journey, then, like, let's acknowledge it and help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned infection. What is the issue with root canal? Is it the procedure? Is it the materials used? How is it causing issues for these folks? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my wife and I were just talking about this this morning, honestly, because, you know, not all teeth are the same. The reasons for which teeth would have root canal therapy um, can be quite different. So on one hand, you've got the mad tooth. It's like, you know, let's say it had a filling or maybe it experienced uh, some trauma and the nerve is super angry, you know, just by its own, itself or maybe cold or hot, oh, you know, just killing them. In that sort of a scenario, it's more the aggravation of the tissues inside the tooth. It's not an infectious issue yet. So arguably, let's say the person goes in, they have a a root canal done, which is going to, for most cases, seal up the internal part of the tooth. Doesn't do anything on the roots, which are all porous, you know, it's like a sponge, right? But arguably they could be asymptomatic with that tooth for a number of years and maybe their health would be just fine, you know, I mean, for a lot of people. Now, whether or not they're sensitive to the materials inside the root canal, that's an entirely different issue, right? But then over here, you've got teeth that literally are infected and the nerve has died. And those microbes have made their way all the way through the canal system and now they're out in the bone. They're literally outside the root. So, you know, I would argue that it doesn't matter how much you clean the inside of the tooth, once those microbes have gone outside the root and infected that porous dentin structure, you know, root canal is not going to do anything for that. Antibiotics aren't really going to do anything for that. Now, I have no idea since dentists, and this is what my wife and I were discussing, like dentists don't submit diagnostic codes to insurance company. They only submit uh, procedural codes. So we have no way of knowing what percentage of teeth are treated due, due to being inflamed or being dead. Mm-hmm. And those are two very, very different issues in terms of what you might expect systemically um, from those teeth. Mm-hmm. Now, arguably, as I mentioned, the because the walls of teeth are porous like a sponge, from the day that that tooth is treated with a root canal, microbes start making their way inside the tooth system. Mm-hmm. And the, those tunnels, you know, go all sorts of funky ways and make their way inside the bone space, which, you know, the internal portion of bones should be sterile. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, granted, our bodies are fighting things at all times, but, you know, having an open gate into the bone where microbes can make their way is, is not, not consistent with great health, right? So. so that's what happens. Yeah. So basically, there's people who are getting root canals who have an angry nerve mm-hmm. or an infection. We don't know what the percentage is. Right. But uh, there has to be a group of people who are getting it, getting the tooth removed or uh, uh, filled. Yes. And then, and then yes. there's an infection on the bone. Right. So, so after they get the root canal, the tooth is filled with a substance that kind of, what is it, blocking out the, the internal part of the tooth? Yeah, the I mean, there's like a, 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 a sealer. A sealer. And then uh, usually a cone that's kind of rubbery called gutta percha, mm-hmm. which has some metal oxides in it and, you know, odd things. So it blocks out the tooth canals, so there's no infection going on. But you're saying if it's, if it's outside of the root and this procedure is done, it's a moot point. In my opinion, yes. Okay. And, and, and over time, with all teeth, doesn't matter if it was inflamed or dead to start, over time what I see is it doesn't matter because the whole, it's like, imagine you take a canoe, you know, out in a lake, but the canoe is made of sponge. Eventually it will sink, right? It might be super, super dense pores, mm-hmm. but eventually it's going to clog up with the water and, you know, you end up at the bottom of the lake. So that's what I've observed with teeth. And again, some people who have incredibly, uh, you know, high immunity and they've just got right. wonderful uh, vitality. I mean, I, even my mother, she's had some root canals for, you know, decades, decades. Interesting enough, though, you know, after 40 years of having those root canals, sure enough, the bone starts making changes. You know, you see like, that's not a good thing to have, especially as you get into your later years, yeah. right? Having a something that's draining energy at all times, your body has to manage, um, is not consistent with health. Yeah. So, thankfully, she's getting some help. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah. I have a better understanding. So yeah. regardless, when you have a root canal, it seems to be at some point that the jawbone will be affected? That's what I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then when the jawbone is affected, why is that a problem? I mean, I could, I know, I could see why, but what sure. happens when it ha- when it happens? Yeah. So, and science continues to emerge. Um, I'm working currently with a, a functional nutritionist in Portland, where she has really become aware of and doing a lot of research around what she's seeing with GI health mm. and and the connections with you know lipopolysaccharides and such, and mm-hmm. the the associations or connections between endodontic infections, where it's where she's seeing that uh, in the blood work of the patients she's working with as they're trying to figure out, well, you know, what do we do nutritionally to try to help you combat these things? Well, if it's coming from the mouth, you've got to deal with it here. You know, you have to deal with the source like you would any other issue in the body. You know, if you knew, let's say, an appendix. The appendix becomes inflamed, it's filled with microbes, and it becomes dysbiotic, and like, you know, that person's having symptoms. I don't, I mean, nobody would argue that like an, an appendectomy would be appropriate mm-hmm. if it is, you know, out of sorts. Or if you had a gangrenous toe or something, like, you know, a dead toe. Right. Well, of course, unfortunately, that's got to go. It's not coming back, right? But with dead teeth, it, which is understandable, they're functional. We chew with them. Mm-hmm. So you have that benefit. And when it's dead, like, well, okay, I can chew with it at least, even if it's cause, causing me some systemic strife. Uh, And for anterior teeth, it's aesthetic. That's a big deal, right? Like taking away a person's smile, that is 
that can be a massive stressor for people, understandably. What I try to share in the post that I write is the, the part of the story that isn't being told. It doesn't mean that, like, I believe all root canals are bad. It's not dogmatic like that. Mm -hmm. It's more, well, you know, if you choose it, understand that these are the risks that come along with it. And arguably, by the time a tooth is having a root canal, let's say, it's not in great health. So we wouldn't, it's kind of like if you uh, tear your ACL in a meniscus. Well, you're probably going to have some future issues if you do that at a young age like I did. You know, I mean, it's like, well, you do that at 18, by the time you're 50, you're going to have some future issues to manage. And that's just part of life. Um, but again, I, I try to bring it back to the, the group of people who have that sinking suspicion that I've had this done. And I was told, which this is another part of dentistry that I'm, I try to... Um, bring to light, the phrasing of how people are spoken to when they're seeing healthcare providers, particularly at the dentist, that's my area of expertise, mm -hmm. uh, you need, Christian, you need a root canal. You, you need a filling. You need a crown. Like, nobody needs any of this stuff. Literally, I mean, I met a woman just this week. She has 10 teeth in her mouth. She's a friendly lady, good energy, you know? She loves life. She did not need root canals, right? She clearly removed teeth, still living life. So, like, we don't need these things. But when people hear it from a, somebody they respect, they're a professional, they're paying them money, their insurance is reimbursing them, mm. they figure, well, gosh, I mean, you know better than me. I mean, you're the professional. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the whole story. Mm. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's not accurate. Now, again, if somebody wants to choose a root canal because they understand the pros and cons, they've been given all the options, great. You know, enjoy the tooth. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. It would be an informed thing. The problem is most frequently people aren't being informed. Yeah. So that's, that's the struggle. Huge part of the informed consent because then we know all of the pros and cons. Whereas a lot of people, like my brother, got a root canal because they said, you need a root canal. What was the other choice? and what was the pros and cons, and what might happen in the future. Right. So let's say I came to you, and I needed a root canal, and you gave me all of the informed consent, and I go, get that tooth out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a back tooth, so it's like, well, well what do we do then? Yeah. Am I supposed to put a, a new metal in my mouth to hold a brand new uh, synthetic tooth? Like, yeah. wh where do we go now when we make decisions not to get root canals? Sure, and that's one option, right? I mean. Gosh, uh, titanium dental implants have been around over 50 years. Um, there's some amazing technology out there. I, I was placing uh, titanium implants for about 20 years. In the last few years, I've shifted more to zirconia implants, which mm -hmm. are a ceramic, uh, which have some aesthetic advantages, certainly, being white uh, like teeth as opposed to dark metals. But really, because it's a, a pre-oxidized material, you don't have the same uh, metallurgical problems that you see having a metal alloy. So I'd say in the last year, I might have only placed two titanium implants in very specific areas for very specific reasons. Everything else, we're, we're using um, zirconia. Now, just because we take teeth out, again, one doesn't mean you have to replace it. You know, you arguably you could just leave it be. Uh, and for somebody who's had significant health struggles, I think there's a, a strong argument sometimes to 
just help them heal first. See how the body responds to that. See how they're able to detoxify that area. Does the bone health come back? And then if they're feeling great, super duper, let's go ahead and you know, uh, replace it however that might be. The, the traditional approaches would be a bridge, but the problem is there, if it's the very back tooth, you can't bridge it. Right. And if the adjacent, let's say it was a tooth that you lost, where you have teeth on either side, to do a traditional bridge, you have to grind down the adjacent teeth right. to that space, which if they, if they already have crowns on them, okay, that's probably not that big of a deal, but if they have nothing at all, I, would, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it to a family member. Um, I would strongly encourage them to think about an implant. Um, and then one of the other things we use, I was just helping a woman with this yesterday, actually. She had four teeth, all of her premolars, actually, taken out. She's like, I just don't want to do implants. So, okay, great. And she didn't want to wear a big, bulky, partial denture. Mm -hmm. So, thankfully, materials have come a long way. There's a product called Acetyl Resin, which is pretty firm, but also a little bit flexible. And you can get it in varying colors. So, like gum color. You can get teeth, you know, like denture teeth mm -hmm. to attach to it. So, we made her two little side things, kind of like a traditional bridge, but it clips and holds onto the adjacent teeth mm. instead of, you know, causing us to grind them down. So there's all sorts of different options. Mm -hmm. Really, it boils down to the, the primary question, which is, what are your health goals? Yeah. You know? Is it important to you to be able to smile and chew without putting something in your mouth every day? Mm -hmm. If someone says, I'm not, you know, having something that comes out at night, well, then probably a partial denture is not gonna be a, a good option. Right. Uh, so going back to that, like when we first meet people and we, spend time connecting as human beings. Those are the kind of things we want to understand. Like, what's your goal two years from now? You know, if you're feeling horrible and suspecting this is going on with your mouth, like, how can we best serve yeah. you? And everything is going to be based on their goals, not my, you know, you know, I try, again, I try not to bring dogma to anything. Like, we always do this, we don't do that. Right. You know, it's like, well, tell me what you want and, and challenge me. I mean, Maybe there's something that you're thinking you'd like I've never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. How can we get creative to come to a, a solution there? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of fun in our practice. I yeah. mean, it's a really creative space. It's good, and it makes people feel safe because they, they're they one informed. They have a connection before. I mean, look, I had uh, I, I hated brushing my teeth when I was little. I had, <laughs> I had a big sugar addiction. I ate all the candies in the world, and I had fillings after filling after filling and before we got on air i told you i had 12 amalgam fillings wow. by the time i was 12. yeah right wow. and um i had such a fear of dentist i mean still even hearing the drill i can feel some sort of somatic response like my body's <laughs> like you're not safe you're not safe yeah um it, so it, it, it's like most people just need to just feel at ease and comfortable knowing that they're empowered in some way because it's a really loss of power when you're a kid and you're sitting there and you're being held down and your teeth are being pulled and drilled into and oh. it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's a trauma for a kid. Um, but you mentioned the metals in the mouth. It, this, it's, it's moved through the saliva. It, it, does it create right. a charge? Does it affect your brain? Right. Because your brain is util, utilizing electro uh, electric charge. Yeah. What happens when you have varying metals of different charges in the mouth? Yeah. Gosh, that's, I mean, that's just such a wonderful topic. And, and so it's so important, right? We are energy. I, mean, I, I did a, about a two-year program, this integrative medical dental program. And that was like the main thing I took away from this program was like, 
everything is energy. You know, our thoughts, the physical things we put inside of ourselves, like it's all energy. And, and of course, any change impacts everything else. Um, so what I have observed is that, and, and, and I will say this, thankfully, a lot of dentists are becoming mindful of using non-metallic substances, yet there are still a lot putting in uh, mercury-based fillings, which is literally a combination of mercury, silver, tin, and copper, right? You're making this alloy. And, and frequently, especially dentists who, uh, you know, graduate around the time that I did in the 90s or before, they're still putting, still putting on crowns that have metal bases made with a totally dissimilar uh, base, you know, different alloy. And, and then when you connect those two, you're creating a battery on a tooth, which is kind of a weird thing to do. I mean, anybody, when you had all those uh, fillings in your mouth, I'm guessing if you bit down on some tin foil, 100%. It just, it's you know, happened it's before. Horrible, right? Yeah. Awful feeling. Yet we create that in people's mouths. Uh, let's take, for instance, let's say you do get a titanium implant, and maybe you get one which isn't just the implant, but mind you, it's also the abutment that gets attached to that, which is a dissimilar metal, and a screw that goes, you know, and then the crown that has metal. I mean, that's four dissimilar metals all in one tooth. And I've helped people in the past where they might have had five or six teeth replaced with titanium implants, where the implants themselves are of different companies, therefore different alloys, right? And it's pretty weird when you take those substances out, and this is just the energetic side of it, mind you, um, to watch them have like literal changes as it becomes disconnected from their bone. I, I've had patients who say like, whoa, and I'll say, well, what happened? And they'll explain like, I, like the shoulder pain that I've been having or you know, something weird. Uh, to me, it's kind of like, whoa, that's yeah. just mind blowing. What I m probably see more frequently than that and maybe it's just because, I don't know why, honestly, is people who find after having metals placed in their mouth that they'll um, frequently, will see skin symptoms show up. Just this week I posted something about skin, like the skin talking to us basically. Uh, in that case it was a inf chronic infection issue. But I have currently a, a, a patient who used to be a former employee where she had two premolars extracted and replaced with implants. And this was a number of years back before I really <laughs> understood all this stuff. And unfortunately, they are from one's from one company, one's from another company. And over the past few years, she's been noticing chronic skin issues. Like, uh, and she's, you know, eating the green diet and taking care of herself. She has a great mindset. Like, she does darn near everything right. And we're like, this is the one thing that's really very obviously not you and likely to be causing some systemic issues. So uh, unfortunately in those cases, like the only thing you do is take them out, hmm. um, which given today's technologies with lasers and other such things, like you can do that very safely. Um, it's no fun for anybody, but you know, at least there's a way to manage it that is safe, going to help the patient get from where they are now to healing quickly um, you can help regenerate that bone easily using their own cells and that sort of thing. But yeah, metals is a huge deal. You're putting it in a, uh, you know, a, a bath of saliva yeah. where things can connect. And I mean, it really doesn't need to be any more complicated than the tin foil and the metal filling 
concept. That's galvanism. We, you know, we've all experienced some sort of that in our lives. And uh, it's weird that we keep stuffing things into teeth and jawbones and telling people like, yeah, can't be that, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's when, we, when we think about it from the energetic standpoint, and mm -hmm. if that was the basis of which we learned medicine, dentistry, anything that has to do with the body, we wouldn't be putting those materials to create that yeah. potential. Right. Um, but we do. And I'm not surprised, like removing that out of the body immediately for me opened up that channel that was completely blocked out and energy's finally flowing. And they go, whoa, I feel, I feel so much better. And it's simultaneous. Yeah. I've been always in awe of things like that. Um, but you did mention the metal, uh, which, which I mentioned that I had 12 of. Yeah. And it was the amalgam fillings, right? The right. alloy of different metals. I want to know, uh, first, are amalgam fillings really an issue? Do they leach those metals into our body? And, uh, and are we still doing them in dentistry? Yeah, yeah. Um, in America, yes. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's a little known fact, but uh, two years ago, right after COVID hit, and, you know, obviously every, the whole world's attention was on something else. I remember, I think it was like May, it was about almost exactly two years ago, the American Dental Association put out a press release acknowledging very quietly that, in fact, we do acknowledge now that uh, mercury vapor is constantly emitted. Uh, anybody can Google smoking tooth and watch the video. I think they're using some sort of dark field uh, vision or whatever, and, and you can literally see the mercury vapor coming off of the fillings constantly. And like any chemical reaction, if you cool it down, it decreases. If you heat it up, uh, it increases. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a well-known um, fact that mercury is absolutely being released. And you're, you know, you think about it, there's kind of three ways that it's affecting you energetically, as we just talked about. The vapor coming off and you inhaling it, Let's say you're out for a jog, breathing through your mouth or something, you know, and or you're just mouth breather because your nose is blocked up or whatever. Uh, you're constantly, it's like smoking. You're just constantly breathing that vapor in. And then you're going to have some of it that binds or, you know, co uh, collects with your food, your saliva, goes into your gut, goes from elemental to organic mercury, and then that's going to have an impact on your GI flora and whatever. None of that is pro-health, I would say, yeah. you know? So... Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And then, of course, there's the issue of, you know, taking out. Um, when you take that out, how much of a risk does that prevent or present, I should say? We know absolutely it's huge. It's huge. And the steps that we've put in place over the past, like, five years, you know, we became smart certified with the IAOMT's, uh, you know, recommended things to do, which includes getting a lot of technology, mm -hmm. but just being thoughtful, honestly. Um, and when you think about, like, for any one person, like for you, those 12 fillings, that, that's a significant exposure. Imagine a dentist who's drilling this stuff out willy-nilly. Uh, you're doing thousands of removals a year. If you're not protecting yourself and your team, I mean, what a horrible liability. I mean, um, I'm so glad we came across this when we did. I mean, I think of all the years 
<laughs> I'm sitting over patients drilling out metals and just not being aware, yeah. you know, of the risk there. So I've got my own share of detox to do, uh, you know, which will be a lifelong uh, journey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it's important to think about that. And I think for dentists who have not yet come to that awareness, you know, it's high time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just want to do it, right? It's, it's kind of like when, um, here, here's an oddity for you, in the dental world. So going back 15 years, you know, at, at that point in time, I became a, a building owner, moved my practice, and as we're going through this process of looking at all the technology we had to buy to actually build our own practice, they're telling me like, well, you're also gonna, you know, here's this line item for 10 grand or whatever. I'm like, what, what is that? Oh, it's a mercury separator. Well, what do you mean, what's a mercury? Well, because, you know, all of the uh, fluids you're sucking out of people's mouths, we can't have all that mercury going into uh, the city water supply, so we gotta have a mercury separator. I'm like, so wait a minute. It's, it's dangerous in the box because there's a skull and crossbones on it. I remember that. Yeah, and, and here in, in your mouth it's fine somehow, magically, but once it comes out of your mouth, it's toxic again. Like, that's just insanity, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> And we've now had to replace that. It's like, because they get a lot of use. We yeah. take a lot of mercury out of people's mouths. It's, yeah. it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, the last statistics I saw, approximately half of the fillings, which is millions upon millions of fillings in the U.S. alone, um, half of those that are placed are mercury. Wow. Mercury-based fillings, yeah. Unbelievable. It's a lot of mercury. And to think how that affects us over time, yep. right? I mean, I had them by 12, I got them out at like 30, yeah. 31. Oh, yeah. And uh, cognitively, how it can affect you. I mean, when you're young, you're sort of like young and vital and detoxing well, and then over time, yeah. I, found, I found my energy was affected. Uh, my, my brain health was, I was more foggy. I wasn't as sharp as I used to be. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm getting old. That's fine, it's just with age. <laughs> but, but it, and understanding that, like, this is a major, major intervention. And the smoking tooth was one of the first things that made me stop and go, wait a minute. Yeah. You know? And slowly, we did it over, like, a year and a half, uh, uh, just over over time, small, and it's a very expensive procedure, too, when you have yeah. 12. Yeah. But just removing o- over and over. But um, I want to ask you then, there's a lot of people who are like, okay, I have a few amalgams, maybe one or two, I want to get them removed. What do we replace them with? Is there anything that's safer out there? Uh, A lot of people are complaining that a lot of the replacements are just BPA and plastic. Uh, What what do we start looking for? Totally. That's a good question. So I would say partly it depends on the size of the filling you're removing. Dr. Nish, my partner, and I are are hugely uh, into respecting the anatomy of the tooth. Yeah. Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand. 
not only just with Omegas, across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Puree's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puree is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puree.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puree. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body. You know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. So, you know, when I'm talking to patients, I'm like, to be honest with you, until I take this filling out and do some air abrasion inside so I thoroughly clean this and I can visualize where any potential issues may have developed, fractures, recurrent decay, things like that. I don't know exactly how I'm going to fix it, uh, but I suspect it might be, you know, you do thousands of these things, you have a sense it might go this way or that. There are um, a number of biologically compatible composite materials, which is a tooth-colored material you can bond to the tooth, and you're placing it directly in the tooth. So you put it in, you shape it, you light cure it. Usually... Uh, because one of the downsides to that material, again, pros and cons to everything, is that it shrinks by about 3%. So if you filled the entire hole, shaped it all at once, and then cured it, it's going to pull off of something. Mm -hmm. Either that or it's going to put the tooth into compressive load, which teeth don't like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty hard substance. So you end up doing that piece by piece, what we call incremental placement. But it's, it's not a bad way to go. So that's, that's one option. If it's a larger restoration, what Dr. Nish and I do every day is use a, a CAD-CAM system where we can digitally image the teeth, design the new puzzle piece that looks just like a chunk of enamel, design that for the tooth, mill it, which takes about 10 minutes, and then bond it into the tooth. 
The advantage there is that it doesn't shrink at all. Um, there's no BPA mm. in that material. You would have to use some sort of resin bonding agent, of course, to glue it to the tooth, but you're minimizing that by like 99%. Mm. So I love ceramic dentistry in that way. But again, sometimes the holes are just literally too small to put a ceramic in there. Right. Or it would be too invasive, in my opinion, to create a To open scenario. it up yeah. and then put it in there. Exactly. So if they have health, because, you know, I say this to patients all the time, like the best dentistry is no dentistry. Mm -hmm. So if we can leave the healthy stuff there, like let's do that. Uh, those are the two ways that we like to go typically in our practice. And I will share that um, uh, some of our patients choose to have what's called a biocomp analysis, uh, where you have a blood draw done. We send it to a lab in Colorado. They'll compare, um, I don't, I, to be honest, like I'm not a material scientist. I don't know how they're getting this information. It's kind of like with the old Clifford testing. Like I don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. I just know that they're telling us they're the least reactive substances moderately and then very you know, severely reactive substances for that patient. And it can be everything from implants, titanium and zirconia, to bonding agents, to composites, to ceramics, to all this stuff. Um, interestingly enough, I find that pretty much every patient I've ever run one of those on, the materials that we use, which we buy intentionally because they are so low risk, they're way more expensive, but they're low risk for the patient. Yeah. Pretty much everybody does well with our bonding agents, our ceramics, and our composites. Mm. Go figure, right? Uh, but still, if somebody wants to know, we want to offer that to them so that way they can make the most informed choice as possible if they want to. Yeah, great. So now it's like there's people who are listening and viewing. They go, okay, I have amalgam. Now at least there's a plan. There's some things that we know that we can yes. do. Because when I had the amalgam fillings, this is years ago, and then I had another cavity. And you know what actually stopped the cavities? was mouth taping when I was sleeping. Oh, uh, yeah. I just yeah. never got a cavity again. Yeah. <laughs> but then I had cavities all throughout the years, and I just closed my mouth when I was sleeping. It yeah. was crazy how, <laughs> how like, uh, I wasn't getting properly properly respirating, like, yeah. getting airflow through my nose, and it was all going through my mouth, changing saliva, and it was crazy. But um, we, so he, he didn't really know. I'm like, I, I want a non-toxic material. And, you know, he sent me these, like, ingredient list on what's in there and I don't right. I didn't know at the time so we just <laughs> so uh but at least there's some you gave us some good names and buzzwords that we can ask our dentist about um really important information but would you recommend if someone has amalgam fillings let's say two or three should they get them out if their goal is they want optimal health I would say yes you know um I wouldn't say that let's say somebody's 85 years old and of, you know, brittle health, you know, I don't know if the benefit uh, outweighs the cost there. Uh, but again, I would offer that choice to the patient. Again, I base everything on patient goals. Right. So do I think mercury is pretty risky for your health? Absolutely. Same, same thing with fluoride. I mean, once I became more aware of the downsides to fluoride, uh, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need to choose a toothpaste with fluoride in it, mm -hmm. you know, so for the last five years probably I've, I've gone with a different style of, of toothpaste. So, mm -hmm. and I think similarly to mercury, like if people were aware that fluoride has risks, especially for cognitive health, uh, they might choose to do some research, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is wise because as you know, I mean, again, American Dental Association just bangs the drum of like, Fluoride, 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 varnish it, you know, put it in your water, put it in your toothpaste, right? And it's like, 
Okay. That how can how can something that is supposedly be a health additive be good for every human being? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and clearly for millennia there are human beings on the planet who lived an entire life without you know a fluoride added water system, toothpaste, and all that, and never had a cavity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that that. At, that's a little fishy to me. Right. Well, cavities aren't the result of a fluoride deficiency, right? right. Uh, yes. So, uh, and do you find that people do well? They, they still do okay when they're removing fluoride? Or oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I think what you commented about in your own health experience, you know, like, go figure. When our mouth, which is designed to be bathed in saliva almost all the time, is able to enjoy that saliva especially when we're sleeping, how's it going to break down, you know? Uh, Unless you're, like, waking up every hour to sip on something sugary or acidic, you know, you should do really... I mean, that's your remineralization time, Mm -hmm. right? Your saliva brings in mineral through your blood supply, and its it's job is to help repair, you know? Um, So, yeah, I... (laughs) Uh, We see a lot of people who make that shift, and, and, and really they make an awareness shift in their health somewhere. Maybe they've seen somebody like you and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I'm going to start changing these things, you know, about my lifestyle, my diet, my thought processes, you know, like looking at it in a, as a whole. And, and then usually <laughs> the mouth is like the last thing, you know, right. uh, but I'm still getting this or that. Okay. Well, let's, let's look at, and it's funny you mentioned mouth tape because one of our, you know, line item expenses every month in my practice is like boxes of mouth tape. Because we're introducing it to for a lot of people, like, hey, check this out. You know, I mean, we know a lot of people for whom this has helped a ton. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'll be darned, you know, it's so simple. Yeah, something so simple. Really, just putting on tape, going to sleep, and not getting cavities. Yeah. I was, I was in shock because I was, it was like every other year there was like, ah, oh, man, really, again? Like, I've been taking care of myself, you know? I don't know. I, I've purposefully had, like, the top oral care regimen and I would still get it, and it wasn't until I didn't even realize that I was had my mouth open when I was sleeping. You know, yeah. uh, it's a huge topic that that I think needs to be like a whole class in dental school about that, or at least part of the semester. Yeah. What about when our gums are bleeding? We mentioned that. Is that a sign that, oh no, this is really we have really bad oral health, and you know it could affect our whole systemic health. Um, what do you do when you see someone with bleeding gums? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's it's one of the topics in dentistry that over the past 20 plus years that I've been practicing, it has received, thankfully, a lot of, of positive press. I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, medical practitioners out there putting out books about, hey, we're seeing, you know, these cardiovascular complications, um, you know, issues with like diabetes, Alzheimer's, all sorts of systemic health issues. And, and of course, if we're, experiencing levels of inflammation in the mouth, however that be, but in this case, gums, thankfully, it's a, it's a relatively simple thing to fix for most people. Uh, there are, in our practice, there are a number of non-invasive places that we will start, whether it's getting people on some SOS rinses, uh, superoxidized saline. Uh, for a lot of people, let's say they've, they've developed a lot of tartar buildup Maybe they haven't seen a dentist in five years, 10 years. I mean, we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than taking a person in this very hyper-inflamed state and like 
getting them all numbed up and, you know, scraping their teeth like crazy. And then they, when their numbness wears off, they're like, oh my goodness, it hurts. You know, we try to use this more. Like, how do we bring down the inflammation? How might we be able to soften up that tartar so it comes off easily? Um, which we use, a, for anybody who's listening, a system called Perio Protect trays. They're custom built trays for your mouth or your teeth and gums. Literally, you're using like a hydrogen peroxide gel to reduce the microbial load in the gums and soften the tartar mm. so that when we do go in with our lasers, ozone, uh, vibrational technologies to remove the tartar and the infection, in the gums, their response afterwards is so much better. Like, you know, they, they don't hurt. Yep. So then that you're not continuing that, that cycle of fear, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's always horrible when I go to the dentist, yeah. it's painful, blah, blah, blah. We want to create positive experiences. But in terms of, like, knowing how that connects to the body, the science is so clear. I, mean, I remember when I was first out of dental school 20-some years ago, the American Dental Association was putting out these publications of, like, well, here's how it's connected to heart disease. Here's how it's connected to strokes, um, you know, and a bunch of other health, diabetes, right? And, like, this is not new information. But it's, it is weird that there's still kind of this social, like, eh, pink in the sink. You know, you brush and floss and bleeds in the sink. And I'm like, meh, mm. I feel fine. Yeah. And that's the real uh, challenge there is that you can experience so many disease states in the mouth and have absolutely no awareness. doesn't hurt, you know? That slow-brewing infection around your root canal, the inflammation that's happening under your gum lines in gum disease, there's no pain. You know, um, granted, you dentist might notice or you might notice if you floss or they probe at your gums and it bleeds or, uh, you know, on an x-ray, it looks a little weird around your root canal. You know, we call it an apical scar or something and tell you you'd be fine. Yeah. The body gives signs that, that things are out of balance. Um, I think it's part of the issue here is like how much attention are we giving it? You know, or how much, how much attention are we paying to what the body's saying? But yeah, gum disease is massive. It's, it's of course, in varying states, mm-hmm. right? From, like, gingivitis, just gum, which, interestingly enough, you know, sometimes people go in and they have dental work done. Let's say they just had a crown put on a tooth, and the gums, which were previously healthy around that tooth, now look quite inflamed. Mm. Like, well, what's, what's it telling us? You know, it's saying there's a problem here. Uh, it's our job then to figure out what's the problem. Is it the the metal that is, you know, uh, underneath the crown, if it happens to have a metal base to it? Is it that some of the cement didn't get cleaned up? I mean, that happens, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're all human. Point is to, like, do some investigation and see why is the, the body raising its hand to say, yeah. through inflammation, uh, something's changed, uh, and, and resolve that. Yeah. So, um, and of course... It can also be an issue to, that would influence us to consider, like, well, what's the patient's overall inflammatory risk in general, right? Mm-hmm. Because their gums might be telling us something about their whole body health that we're not aware of. And that's happened in our practice a number of times where yeah. it's like, hmm, I think you should get with a really good physician, either naturopathic physician or mm-hmm. what have you, if you want to look at, you know, achieving that whole body state of health and, and homeostatic balance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the mouth is telling us things all the time. hundred percent. You know? Yeah, it's one of the first things that we see, right? For sure. So, for all the viewers and listeners, what's 
What's a good regimen? How do, what, what, are, what are some of your top tips? What are some good toothpaste? Yeah. Uh, is there a rinse that we should be using? Foods that we should be eating? Mouth tape that we should be getting? What are some of the best things we could do right now for oral health? Yeah, so that's a great question. Big one, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things I recommend to people a lot, I, you know, especially when they come to see me, oftentimes, or, or my team, um, they're in a heightened state of stress. Understandably, they're in a new environment. The topic frequently is stress-inducing based on their past experience. Recognizing that we have control over what we think and what we're feeding our brains, um, and, and at least in our practice space, we're creating intentionally a space that uh, my goal is that they come out feeling inspired and hopeful, right? High energy, high high resonance level energies and thought processes. And we hear all the time, like, I can't believe I'm looking forward to, you name it, right? Get right. my root canals out. Like, well, that's the intention because you see the value now, right? Yeah. So considering what we're putting in our brains, you know, consuming there has such a, a huge impact on how we're going to perceive our dental experience. So I, I can't underscore that enough. It's huge. Um, and also finding time in your life, because we're all, you know, go, go, go. You got stuff coming at you all the time on your cell phones and whatever. And, you know, finding that that part of life that helps you get into the parasympathetic allows your saliva to roll freely. Because when we feel like, you know, we're running from the lion, we're not pr producing saliva, which is designed to protect our teeth and gums. So find that place in life, whether it's walking, hanging out with your dog or your family or you know, whatever, you know, getting in the infrared sauna or something, yeah. right? Taking care of yourself. I would also suggest, like, build yourself a great team, you know? Find those providers that um, that speak to you not only up here, but also here, kind of in that energetic core where, like, I really feel connected to that person well. Um, and then dietarily, figure out what works for you. I can't mm -hmm. say any one thing works great for any person because you know, I see patients who are vegan to total meat eaters to, you know, you know, you name it. There's probably a way to figure out how to be healthy with any of that. Um, in terms of home care, mm -hmm. I personally, this is, again, this is just me as, a, as Kelly, right? Um, and given what I grew up experiencing, like I can't imagine not brushing my teeth a couple times a day. That's just part of my lifestyle. Um, I love the clean feeling on my teeth. Yeah. I do have some patients that they choose not to brush their teeth and they might do something else. Uh, they might uh, use oil pulling as a, a means of keeping their mouth in balance. And, and for some people that works really well. So I, I think like, rather than having any specific, like, oh, you know, this one toothpaste is the best. Like, you know, I don't know. There, seriously, there are so many and we get, we receive so many. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even remember most of their names, but. Um, if you understand that it's a relatively low risk, so like I'll use the uh, Environmental Working Group's um, Healthy Living app, mm -hmm. where you can like scan a barcode and get a, a risk level. You know, I try to use something that's a one or a two, mm -hmm. that's low risk. Um, and it also depends on what are you trying to accomplish. You know, there are some companies that make really effective remineralizing pastes. And if you've been struggling with, demineralization of your teeth, that might be a wise thing to add into the system there. So I guess at the core of that is within your awesome health team, have a dentist who both they and their team 
take the time to listen to you, understand your goals, and help set up uh, like a plan. And then not only that, but like follow it up, mm-hmm. you know, in three months, in six months, in a year. Are we having an impact? Is it beneficial? Um, do we need to make modifications to it for you? So it's, there's no one magic dentist, I guess, that's going to fill all the holes, right? Right. So building that team is what, and thankfully most of the people who come to see us, they've already been working on that. Might be a nutritional therapist, um, you know, naturopath. Right. And for us, that's awesome. We're like, great. You already get it. You're already speaking the language. Um, and, and that's, it makes us easy to become plugged in to their health journey, which is, you know, it's super fun. Like I say, by the time they find us, usually the dental component is the last thing that hump they have to get over mm-hmm. to experience like a totally different level of health. Yeah. And it's such a gift to be a part of people's life journeys that way. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we don't see perfect results for anybody, but we do see massive shifts of, you know, life's being changed in positive ways, which is pretty special for dentistry, right? Yeah. Because dentistry is, uh, we were talking earlier about like, you got healthcare training, you know, medical school of all these different, you know, specialties, and over here's the dental schools. Right. You know, and, and we're never gonna talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even the whole insurance thing, like you've got medical insurance covers all these things. Then you thousand dollars a year for, for dental, which really doesn't cover anything. Uh, when you look at like, by the way, when you get your dental plan, which is probably new to you this year, there's a one year clause on all major things, which include crowns, onlays, you know, yeah. it's like, these are the things people would want to choose in order to help move from where they are to a healthier place. And, and oftentimes those things, literally the plans are changed out to a new company every year or two. Mm. So they never get to use their benefits. Mm. It's wild. Dental insurance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that okay. weird? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I've heard many people complain about it, I mean, up till this day, like for years and years and years. But it seems to me there's, I, I've, I've interviewed a few dentists, a lot of them you know, uh, who are moving towards this model of like, no, we need to take a holistic approach to this. We need to ask, is all of the procedures that we were taught, are they fully safe? Are they, are they fully the best out there for the patient? So the way that you're doing it is in a really holistic approach, connecting to the patient, knowing their goals, and then moving from there. Uh, I mean, that's what holistic medicine is, yeah. right? You're talking to their mind, their body, their soul, making them feel at ease and then seeing them for what they are. So that's really powerful. Um, do you have anything you have planned coming up? Like uh, you got a book coming out, a course coming out. What are you doing? Are you touring <laughs> yeah. around town? Yeah, thanks. Um, I actually kicked off this thing in April this year. We, we call it the Toxic Tooth Tour. Um, it kind of spins off of the the you know the Toxic Tuesday post that I've been doing for the last three years, and uh, it just dawned on me that you know well one, as a guy who studied psychology long before I ever became a dentist. Um, I just innately have always loved the person-to-person connection. So I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be in a city, like, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm here with you in Santa Monica, it's like, well, maybe I could offer, you know, a few hours of my time to people who might want to come and learn about this face-to-face um, in, in a broader scale, you know, over a couple hours, and then feel their questions. Mm. Um, so we're doing that. We've done it in Kansas City. We're in Santa Monica this weekend. I'll be in Dallas uh, mid-May and then New York City 
at the end of June, and then we'll kind of see, you know, where does it go from there. Mm. People can find me if they're not already on Instagram. It's at Blodgett Dental Care. Um, I, I usually post my Toxic Tuesday and Wellness Wednesdays on obviously Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I try my best to create stories where it's like the Toxic Tuesday side is like this is what was going on for this human being and how they were struggling and what we considered doing. And then the Wellness Wednesday is often like, and here's what happened, mm. you know, and seeing through that lens of dental modification and health rebalancing mm. and, um, and they're, man, they're interesting stories. It's, yeah. thankfully we have like this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's this endless supply of human beings that keep coming to us and we're like, gosh, there's so many stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, the, the beauty of it, of course, is that, we do see people getting healthier. So yeah, if people want to come out and see us, um, they can go to my website, www.blodgettdentalcare.com. We have sections on there for like events. And I want to see how does it go? You know, how many, how do people receive? I mean, what an odd thing, right? A general dentist from Portland, Oregon, going out to four different major cities in America and just seeing like, who wants to show up and talk shop, you know? Yeah, talk shop. the one in Kansas City was so well received. I mean, yeah. we, we had healthcare providers, a dental practice, and a bunch of lay people. And it was such a nice mixture of human beings who wanted to learn. Cool. So we hope to spread the message and change the profession. Cool, man. I'm such a fan, not only of the work you're doing, but also your passion to educate uh, humanity about topics Thank that you. are super important. Uh, the oral health is not to be second to anything. It is so, so important. And a lot of us keep it to the end, like you said, and then they finally get to a dentist and they go, oh, okay, Uh, a lot of times this is the last brick that needs to fall for them to feel really good in their body. But you're already pushing to take the steps ahead so we can look at it and go, wait, maybe I should start here, you know, because maybe you don't need to see a naturopathic doctor if you have this healed, right? Or functional doctor. So um, you're putting it at the pedestal, which is where it should be. So fantastic, man. I'm happy you're touring. Uh, For the people viewing and listening, if if, uh, you can check the website on the dates. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe catch catch the guy, get an autograph from me. And uh, thank you for this conversation, man. Thank you, Christian. I really appreciate being here. It was wonderful. So, uh, and, and the next time you're touring California, when you have a big bus with some with, with your face on it and you got a stadium filled, make sure you stop off at the show. So Absolutely. Do one, right? Will do. All right. Thank you. 